We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the gut reaction episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my fellow football priest, the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Happy New Year, first and foremost, to you and to everybody within the sound of my voice. Happy New Year. But uh, New Year, same old Broncos in terms of how it kind of shakes out with the Chiefs. Close, Zach, but no cigar. Your gut reaction. Uh, you know, at least I predicted the right result this time, Chad. I, I kept it at two words, Chief win, you know, the end. And it was a hard-fought game, and there were moments where I thought Russ was flashing his old self, making plays with his legs. He was visibly pumped up as well, Chad. It seemed like a rejuvenated Russell Wilson, and maybe the problem wasn't Russ. And I tweeted that after his touchdown to Alberto. But then right after that, he throws a bad interception, but then how does the game end on a sack because the O-line let him down. So they did play well against Kansas city again, but like the first time I'll repeat, there are no moral victories in the NFL. There's no pretty way to lose in the NFL. The fact of the matter is the Broncos lost another game to Kansas city and all of the issues that have plagued the team the entire year, once again, reared their ugly head. It's just so disappointing that in the critical moments of this game. You actually have a chance to snap the streak. You've got the ball. It's fourth down. You're driving. You're down by three. Closing minutes of the game. You got a shot here. And Graham Glasgow just lets Chris Jones knife through him like like he's nothing but butter. It's like, come on, Graham, you're one of the veterans. I get it. Dalton Reisner, he's kind of emerged as maybe the vocal leader of the Broncos offensive line. But Graham Glasgow leads by by his example and his example on that play. It's like, dude, this is for all the marbles. We don't move the chains here. It's over. The Broncos just it's that lack of poise in key moments. And I'm not saying this, Zach, to take away from that ugly pick that Russ threw that really put this out of reach for for the Broncos in, in the end. But still, it's like it's the ultimate team sport. And that's part of why we love this game so much. But it really sucks when just one cog in that machine fails to execute and it torpedoes and just a one given play. He's, he's not the only reason they lost, but just frustrates me. Jonathan, thanks for jumping in early with a 
very generous super chat, big dog. He says, between the offensive pass interference on Cortland Sutton and the no call on Russ getting body slammed, I was pissed about that too. That was straight up gratuitous, um, gratuitous uh, hit to the quarterback slamming him, Chris Jones at the end there. The refs were clearly on KC's side today. Also, I think Justin Outen took the what does he do talk personally. <laughs> Wasn't great, but it was mostly competent. I'll tip my cap to him. Yeah, he uh, he showed quite a lot in terms of just keeping things moving and different slightly. The, the Chiefs weren't able to really key in, especially in the second half. I give him his props, man. It's kind of a bummer that he was overlooked when, when Hackett did give up play-calling duties. It looks like that might have been a mistake to pass him over. The guy he actually brought with him from Green Bay and gave a coordinator job, Zach. Hey, to your point to the previous comment, Chad, the Broncos simply do not know how to win. And we've been saying that for many years. And until they win consistently, uh, they're not going to know how. And that's why they're going to lose these close games. Um, with Outen, I did like um, after the touchdowns, they showed the box where the coaches were. And everyone was fired up. It was a different energy without Hackett. So, yeah, Russ wasn't perfect today. The O-line definitely wasn't perfect. But there are more symptoms of it being a Nathaniel Hackett problem than there are not. And with him out of the equation now, we saw, I think, a more cohesive team and a more juiced up team. And even players like Justin Simmons, where the defense checked out last week, Chad, he made a terrific pick on Patrick Mahomes in the end zone. The entire team wanted it. They just fell a little short. Dude, I just liked seeing how invested Rosberg was. I mean, he was on yeah. the sideline chirping at the refs every chance he got. He was coming over and talking to players. He was pushing guys that who maybe were getting a little too vocal on the sideline to an official. He was putting hands on them, not in like a confrontational way, but like, I'm the boss. Step back. It's all good. It's all right. I love seeing that engagement. I've forgotten, Zach, what that's like right. to experience that small little things like that. And I get it. It was in a losing cause. It's not like uh, – you know, uh, he reinvented the wheel, Jerry Rosberg, today. But I did like seeing that. Uh, I was I was proud of how he, him and the team generally performed today, even in yet another loss. Proud Pharisee. Appreciate you, bro. He says the guards and the center. Zach can fill you in. I don't know. Um, I, the thing about Rosberg, uh, I do like the the fire also and what you were saying chad it's because he looks like a real nfl head coach even if he doesn't want to be even if he never was it's recency bias because like you said we haven't seen a competent head coach in denver pretty much since gary kubiak so i yep. do give jerry rossberg short notice going into kansas city a buzzsaw he had his team ready to play too bad the broncos couldn't have been that way the entire season as chris uh jumps in one of our legendary mount rushmore super chat superstars with a, as per his his tradition, a symbolic super chat. Thank you, bro. 24 points. Did the Broncos score? That's the super chat for today from Chris. And we're sharing a brain. He says, it was nice to see the coach fired up on the sideline. Yeah. It was unfortunate. It took bad calls for it to happen. Yeah, you know, they, they usually, Zach, they don't pan to the head coach unless he's doing some kind of uh, primal gesticulation, hollering and, and whatnot. But anytime you got to see him, uh, in between, because they talked a lot about him as a, you know, longtime assistant, special teams are Baltimore guy coming in to help Nathaniel do his job. And then when he gets fired, you know, there's a lot of human interest in the Jerry Rossberg component. So the camera fell on him more than usual, I would say, for a Broncos head coach anyway. And I just like the way he was comporting himself. I mean, from the outside looking in, Ted says, uh, and thank you, Ted. It was nice to see Rossberg screaming at the refs rather than just Hackett giving Hackett face every time they cut down to the sideline. 
Yeah, again, I mean, even at the end of the game, it was, I believe, after Kelsey converted the game ceiling, uh, you know, whatever it was, first down, whatever it was, third down, um, Rosberg was screaming. He was animated the entire game. And again, you know, we didn't have that with Vic, who stood there like this. We didn't have that with Hackett, who gave Hackett face and had that red deer and headlights look to him. It was nice to see what I believe maybe in another life could have been a competent NFL head coach and Jerry Rosberg, but credit to George Payton and the Broncos higher ups for not going to Dom Capers necessarily, not going to Giro Evero, Clint Kubiak. I like what I see in Rosberg, and neither of us would have guessed that he would have got the interim title, Chad. And if it was indeed, Zach, not Nathaniel's Hackett, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's decision to relinquish play calling duties, and that it was not Nathaniel Hackett's decision to pass over. Outen and give it to Clint Kubiak, and it was instead coming from George Payton. Well, Justin Outen made George Payton look slightly foolish today in just how a, the, the Broncos were able to trade blows with the Chiefs, which, you know, in these 15 games, I get it was still a loss. The streak extends now to 15 straight losses to the Chiefs. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Probably half of them have been these close single score type of games, but some of them the Chiefs just handily win them. And it's like a big brother, you know, playing one on one basketball with little brother, just, you know, easy peasy taking candy from a baby. Uh, today it was it was closer. And a big reason for that was the offense's ability to kind of sustain some momentum out and deserve some credit for that. Uh, whoever made that decision, it sounds like it was Rossberg to give him the decision or the uh, opportunity to call plays legitimately not per rumors not just like legitimately Rosberg said oh I'm an interim head coach I'm going to fire Dwayne Stugzak I'm going to fire Butch Berry I'm going to go ahead and uh, make Justin out in the play caller this week good on him Wero says who's more competent or incompetent pardon me who's more incompetent the O-line or the refs no the NFL is not rigged the refs in today's game were just record-setting levels of stupid no common sense yeah there were some there were some face-palming moments Jerry Zach, and I'm serving this back to you. He seemed to be upset on that fourth down that didn't uh, work out where Russ was slammed by Chris Jones with the refs that there was an offside. It wasn't an offside. If he was upset, he should have been upset about Chris Jones 
roughing the passer, which would have kept that drive alive, even though Russ just, you know, did the best he could to make that a play, could have kept it alive. You make a good point about Rosberg coming in and uh, doing things his way. We knew about you know him being the driving force behind Butch Berry and Dwayne Stukes' dismissal, but it could have been Clint Kubiak easy that could have been calling plays, but Jerry Rosberg decided to give Justin out in the shot because he's on payroll. And again, what has he done to this point? It seems like he just stands there and collects a paycheck credit to uh, Justin Outen and the Broncos this year, Chad, two losses to Kansas city by a combined nine points. If my math is correct, they always fight them close. And I do give the Broncos, um, some sort of do for that. I'm not big into the ref blaming game though. I, I, you know, the good teams get those calls and the bad teams don't. The Broncos had chances to beat Kansas city today. And the Broncos are the reason they didn't beat the chiefs, not the refs. That's my opinion. On that same kind of wavelength that proud Pharisee's talking about here with Wilson. It's also slightly encouraging that two of his better performances this season came against the chiefs in this super chat. Thank you, bro. He says, this game shows that we can figure out Wilson. Pete Carroll did. We can have passable coaching. We can play competitive. The permanent issue is the offensive line. Was, is, and seemingly always will be. Yeah, yeah, that's obviously from a personnel perspective, and we can talk about injuries. We can talk about maybe some other places where the Broncos are light, Zach, like edge rusher. But the offensive line and just how thin it became, um, and then what 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 personnel pieces you have to kind of f- step in on those Left tackle, I mean, Dalton Reisner missed a little bit of time finally at the end of the season, but the changeover at center, uh, Quinn Miners missing time at right guard, the tackle situations mainly are what have crushed this team. And then just overall, Zach, an inability to, man, in crucial situations, it just, it's tough. They got to figure that out. They got to invest some of the what resources they have, whether it's draft picks or salary cap dollars, Zach, into O-line upgrades. Yeah, I don't know how anyone looks at this roster and and watches the film and comes away with the conclusion the Broncos should go for a receiver in round one or a safety or a cornerback. It, it's it's bollocks, Chad, really. And I hate to use international slang on this show, but it, it, you have to finally address, address the trenches and fortify four spots, at least three. You saw what Russell Wilson can do. He's showing you glimpses. He's showing you promise. If he can make that throw to Alberto down the seam behind this old line, imagine with a fortify group. So all the free agent dollars, all of Walton Penner's money, all of the Broncos available draft picks, not all, but you get my gist, should be going toward the offensive line. It all starts there. And if you want to fix Russell Wilson, it's not starting with Russ necessarily. It's starting with who's blocking for him and who's protecting him. By the way, this is one of the reasons Chris became a Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar and a member of this community that is near and dear to our hearts. Throwing down another super saying, this is for missing last week. It was disappointing, but today's game actually surprised me. Glad to see the fight, at least. Indeed. And I think that was two things, Zach. I think the fight came as a result of the pride effect, meaning the Broncos know, hey, man, we're we're tired of this streak. They didn't end up snapping it, obviously, but like pride kicks in a little bit. That was half the equation, I think, today, Zach. And the other half was Rosberg's impact and influence on things and how it changed the um, uh, the chemical to the chemistry of the team and it just kind of put everybody on their toes nobody's sitting back complacent fat and happy you know you can't be complacent with losing and Rossberg made that you know 
he's never going to be okay. If the type of guy he is, he's never going to just kind of, oh, you know, get by. We're losing games or, you know, you just botched that block on a key fourth and five. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll live to fight enough. No, you're going to pay the price. You're going to hear about it. There's, I loved seeing that from the head coach. And then we'll grab this guy, a proud Pharisee. Again, a great guy saying the refs were horrible, but I never heard Peyton uh, Manning blame a game on the refs. The bar is higher. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, maybe we're in the minority, proud Pharisee, but I'm just not in the ref-blaming business. One thing I do like about Rosberg, based on the week we've known him as the head coach interim, he's very cryptic. He holds his cards extremely close to his chest, and I like that gamesmanship from a head coach. One thing he said in the lead-up to the game was that Russell Wilson is going to turn it on differently this week, and and he was pressed on that, and he goes, you'll see on Sunday. You'll see against Kansas City. I'm not going to give that away. And so Rossberg's credit, I don't know if it was Russell Wilson finding some sort of internal motivation or Rossberg providing that, but again, he looked like a different quarterback um, intangibly, not just with his arm or the throws he was making, but the energy, the passion that he showed. He was fired up. He was using his legs. He was really looking like a player that wanted to win, not just a guy collecting a $245 million contract. Well said. Ida, thank you for the stars on Facebook. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate the support. Uh, seeing a lot of our great members on Facebook showing up today. Phil's in the house. Uh, this is a very, uh, you know, Phil, so consistent. He says, I loved most of Wilson today. I did not like the O-line. Did not like that call against Sutton. The commentator, uh, commentator sucked. And the defense cannot get a pass rush. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Well, that's the thing, dude, is first of all, you were hanging by a thread pass rush wise, even when Randy Gregory returned, because that knee continued to bother him. Um, setbacks, setbacks to a point where they're like, nah, let's just put him on the shelf for the season. He's just done. We only got two games to go. You know, it was a, this is year one of a five-year deal. We signed him to let's, let's get him healthy and live to fight next year. I understand it. It's whatever. Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, that trio, they're just not able to get that consistent edge pressure, Zach. And, when you're going against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know, the, the key that we've discovered through uh, attrition, the NFL anyway, the book on Mahomes is you, you're kind of uh, hung out to dry. You're dead in the water unless you can get pressure with your three or four man rush, usually four man rush and play coverage. And so those four guys you rush, you have to be consistent, especially the edge guys. And Broncos just didn't have that today, but they still relatively held Mahomes in check got some stops in key moments picked him off in the end zone when they got that last possession Zach after the Broncos after Russ got his second uh, touchdown I was like look now they need a stop let's see if Evero's defense can live up to the to its coordinator's reputation that he's built this year and it did I was really glad to see that because that's been one of the Achilles heels for Evero this season is really good through the entire game but in the clutch when you need to stop you uh, lay down yeah, I agree with you. The front seven um, kind of fades away in crunch time. You want to see a little more consistent pressure from the edge group. I thought, you know, I looked up a lot and I saw the pocket kind of collapsing on Mahomes, but he's Patrick Mahomes, Chad. He is the ultimate unicorn, and there's no defense for a quarterback that can, you know, Houdini his way out of a pocket and just flip it and shovel it and backhand it and no look it. I mean, how could you really guard against that? Um, I thought they did their job decently well, but like you said, it, it's tough to win or it's tough to succeed on a down-by-down -down basis with the injuries. And as a comment, I'm not going to take all the credit for it, a comment, I was thinking the same thing, not having Draymond Jones out there, not having your Aaron Donald of the interior really hurts you. So hopefully next year, if Ajiro Evero does stick around, we see what a healthy 
you know, his lead unit can look like. Naj, another pivotal Mount Rushmore member of our community. Love you, big dog. Thank you. So generous. He says, uh, dang, had that game, brothers. Yes, very painful, but happy to see better coaching, improved special teams, and Russ played with passion and confidence. Where has this been for the past 15 weeks? Outen, Kendall Hinton, Albert O, these changes matter. <clears throat> they did. Um, but I think what you what you saw is, you know, the head coach, you often hear this phrase Zach used to describe a franchise quarterback, that he's the tide that raises all ships. And there's and it's true, but it's equally true with the head coach. And uh, this isn't to make Rossberg out to, to be more than what he is, all right? He knows it's a, it's a two-week gig, and then he probably – heads back off into the sunset to do his retirement thing. But just that that competency, extreme competency, that's something at the head coach position, Zach, the Broncos have locked, uh, uh, lacked for since Coob. It's, and it was just nice to see it, even fleeting and even in a loss. It was nice to see that. That's why you saw Hinton looking better. That's why the offense looked better, because the head coach was competent enough to recognize, no, I'm going to put this guy as the play caller, right? And that play caller, allows guys like Hinton and, and Okawebunam to flourish. How about actually playing Alberto just as a starter, Chad? I mean, the guys had all the talent in the world, and he was tight end one going into the season, and he faded away into Nathaniel Hackett's doghouse. Whoever made that call, Rossberg out, and good call by the – just the entire team, coaches included, to your point, seemed like they wanted it more than in previous weeks. And this is one week removed from rolling over in L.A. on Christmas Day. The team could have checked out completely. They're playing their rival at Kansas City. They know they don't have much of a fighting chance. Interim head coach, and they, they gave it their all. And I give the coach credit for that because, like we talked about, Coaching, coaching, coaching matters. It's the glue that holds the entire operation together. And for what it's worth, I'm not I'm not sure Okawebunam was in the doghouse per se with Hackett. It's just that if we if you think back to the whatever they called it, Zach, inside the draft or whatever for the Broncos, when a couple weeks later we got to see some of the inside conversations and reactions to the picks that were made during the draft. It was, it was evident that the Dulcich pick was highly influenced by Nathaniel Hackett. That was his boy. And so as soon as he was healthy, man, he was, he was seeing the field and unfortunately came at the expense of Alberto. Uh, Daniel Diaz, appreciate you, buddy. says the Broncos don't know how to win. And as usual, they find a way to lose the game. However, congrats to the Chiefs winning with some extra refs BS. Yeah, there were a few sour calls, guys, and it sucks, but it wasn't the refs that allowed Chris Jones to knife through on a key, crucial, gotta have it, fourth and five to sack Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, maybe you and I disagree slightly on doghouse, but when you're a healthy scratch week in and week out and the Broncos are dying for pass-catching weapons, I mean, with Sutton being hurt, Judy, Hamler, why not give Albert O a shot? You saw what he can do when you call plays that fit his strength. Oh, yeah. He's never going to be an expert blocker. And even with Dulcich, Chad, you could have had that one-two combination. I hate using the reference to uh, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, but it could have been a smaller version of that and not using his talents and Letting him rot away on the bench was a mistake to me. I agree. And plus, you get to see that when, when he does get the ball in his hands, man, he's hard to bring down. And especially those couple of years, two, three years, seeing Noah Fant catch, drop, catch, drop. Unless it's just wide open real estate in front of him, Noah Fant was catch. And by the way, Seahawks fans are complaining of the same uh, this year with Noah Fant. Then you see Albert Okawebunam trucking dudes, leaping over dudes, like fighting for that extra inch. And even today, you saw that intensity, and it's it can it can be a game changing component 
over time. It would have been cool, Zach, to see those two together, but maybe we'll get a chance next season. We'll see because what's Alberto? So he's a 2020 pick, right? So he's he's going into year four. Jeff, good to see you, big dog. Thank you for the super chat. He says, why didn't the Broncos get Jerry Judy more involved? The O-line needs, to, needs a complete overhaul. The right coach, and we should be in better shape. I wish the defense could have closed it. Well, on that subject, Zach, this is a good segue. The coach, all right, the right coach, who's it going to be? Well, Adam Schefter, right uh, as the Broncos were kicking off today, reported that the Walton Penner Ownership Group plans to, quote, uh, here, here's the actual full quote, be ultra aggressive and do whatever it takes to land the head coaching candidate it wants, close quote. Now, this is something, Zach, um, am I freezing up? Because my browser just froze. This is something that uh, I've been saying since they arrived and we knew it might be, <laughs> they might have to orchestrate another head coaching search is don't underestimate uh, the power and the ability to put a dent in the universe because of that checkbook and the, and the wealth of the Walton Penners. It all of a sudden makes a Jim Harbaugh, for example, not just possible, but like plausible he might not feel like a huge pull to come back to the league but when you drop like whatever it might be here's a 10-year uh 150 million dollar contract maybe all of a sudden he's listening now that's not necessarily what i haven't heard that i'm just saying throwing numbers out they can afford to do that they drop 4.65 billion on the teams act you're absolutely right. And when Greg Penner had his press conference, I came away thinking, if this guy wants someone, this guy is going to get who he wants. He has enough money. He seems to have the tenacity. And he doesn't take no very kindly, it seems like. And all the breadcrumbs since that press conference, I didn't think it was much of a possibility. I've been on this podcast saying it enough times. But Jim Harbaugh, that could be the guy. And with the Michigan's exit in, in the college football playoffs, Maybe it makes it more likely. Maybe he says, okay, I'll take on $100 million. I'll ride with Russell Wilson for only maybe a couple years before we get out of the contract. I'll take on full personnel control, knowing that George Payton's on thin ice. And I'll be the big kingfish in a really um, football-oriented market, and he can make a legacy franchise proud again. So, yeah, all these different reports and rumors are starting to lead me to believe Jim Harbaugh could be coming to the Mile High City. Wow. And it would make a lot of sense, too, which I want to get into, but I want to thank Jacob Foster for the stars, the silent one, uh, the, the the moniker he has uh, earned from the morning show dudes, Broncos for Breakfast. Jacob, thank you, bro. Appreciate you. It's great to see you. Um, it makes a lot of sense. It never quite worked out in terms of timing-wise when John Elway uh, was the head or, you know, making the, the main decisions for the Broncos in that front office as the top football executive. But there were ties there, right? The Stanford connection there. There are things that made it make sense. And now on top of that, Zach, you've got this vacancy. You've got an ownership group willing to drop whatever coin it takes. That's what he said. Whatever it takes to get the head coaching candidate they want. All right. Um, there's that connection with Russ. There's in terms of having competed in a familiarity, I should say, not connection, but the familiarity with Russell Wilson. I mean, the first few years that uh, Jim Harbaugh was the head coach in San Francisco, that was the big thorn in his side was going up against Russ and the Seattle Seahawks. Plus, you throw into the mix what do, all the things that this team is lacking and the coaching emphasis and influence it needs, Jim Harbaugh has in spades. And then the last thing here is that 
you look at his resume as an NFL head coach, kind of flamed out in San Francisco, Zach, but almost got the Niners another world championship and along the way resurrected the career of Alex Smith. So he's done it before in the league. It could be, it could happen. I feel like if anyone, myself included, you, Chad, if we all were impressed by Jerry Rossberg and his brand of coaching, then maybe Jim Harbaugh is the solution. I didn't think the disciplinarian or the yeller, the screamer, whatever, would work with Russell Wilson, but maybe that's what Russ needs. Maybe he needs not to be coddled. Maybe it's true. Take away the parking space, take away the office, and make him one of the 53 guys, and they need a coach to whip him back into shape. If there's anyone that can do it, I feel like that's reasonable out there. Jim Harbaugh. And Scott's bringing up a good point here in the chat. Michigan lost six straight bowl games and last night uh, mattered. Harbaugh catching hell right now. So he's feeling he's feeling that negative energy, right? He's not feeling appreciated. Not that it really – he doesn't strike me, Zach, as the kind of guy who really reads his own press clippings or cares much about what the media might have to say about him. But um, when it becomes a, a, a veritable groundswell, right, like a grassroots – a negative backlash because of the six straight bowl games they've lost. Uh, Harbaugh might start going, yeah, maybe I've worn out my welcome. Maybe I'd rather take my talent somewhere else. This is getting old. Miguel, what's up, big dog? Thank you, brother. He says, daylight and a dollar short, but I think Jerry should have been the interim head coach sooner. Uh, Rosberg said he wanted Clint Kubiak on the sidelines with Russ and Outen in the box. His way, and that's how he wants it. I, I really appreciate a coach that can come in and being a relative unknown to the organization, he was hired in September, I, I believe it was, to help out with clock management and maybe shadow Dwayne Stukes on special teams. And he's become the interim and really made it his own operation, even if only for two weeks. It's a fool's errand to think about if they fired Hackett after the London game, let's say, and Rosberg was the interim. How better would the Broncos be? It's still an O-line problem. It's still an injury problem. And it's still, to an extent, a rust problem as well. It's just a small victory seeing a competent coach roaming the sidelines for once. Nicholas H. throwing down. Thank you, bud. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, I know there is no moral victory in football, but in my opinion, this shows the energy and will to win with a proper coach. Or in other words, what a proper coach, how it can instill that will to win and that intensity and that competitiveness and that fight and that attention to detail. All those little things that you don't see in a box score, right? They add up uh, in terms of separating the competitive clubs and the winning clubs, I'll say. Not just competitive, the winning clubs from the rest. Uh, Proud Pharisee, the Broncos defense smacked Travis Kelsey around today. Loved it. He did take a few, few hits, uh, that's for sure. Still... Still, you know, seal the game, though. So it's, it's a it's a yeah. bittersweet thing. Fake Gronk, he's got, you know, that's what Vaughn coined back in the day, calling him fake Gronk. He's always now going to have the last laugh on the Denver Broncos. Even if the Chiefs never won another game with Kelsey over the Denver Broncos, he's always going to have the last laugh that he's going to have that 15-game streak forever. Um, that's just, it's embarrassing. It's the... It's, uh, I hate it. Wero, bro, good to see you. He says, who knew we had a six foot five <laughs> fast tight end on the team? I know, right? It was good to see him getting utilized today, Alberto. Taylor Christensen, thank you, bro. He says, the O-line needs a clean house except for bowls. And Wilson is far from washed and done. MHH for life. Go Broncos. Thank you, big dog. No, I, would, I wouldn't say clean house ex except for bowls. I would say uh, clean house with the exception of Garrett Bowles, Quinn Miners, um, 
there's no one else really. I mean, Cam Fleming, I like him as a backup guy in a pinch, but you don't want him as your starter for the whole season, as you can as you can see. Like he showed me enough this season, especially as a run blocker. Pass pro, not that great, but he showed me that he's got some grit to him. He's a, he he could be a valuable depth guy, but you just don't want to have to turn to him for an entire season like the Broncos have had to do. I don't want to turn to him as my swing guy. They're a dime a dozen, Chad. I'll, I'll sign another free agent on a one-year deal. I'll draft a guy in the later rounds. Cam Fleming, to me, doesn't warrant being brought back on a backup basis. But you're right about Quinn Miners. He's he's a keeper, and Garrett Bowles, because of his, his contract, if you're not going to move on from him, um, you have to keep him as well. But you've got to find something at right tackle for the long term. They've ignored that for far too long. Center as well, because Glasgow's not it. And of course, left guard with Dalton Reisner likely being shown the door. Yeah, I I can't imagine that he's done anything. I mean, if the first three years weren't enough to for the front office to kind of sour on Reisner, I can't imagine his uh, comportment of late, let alone his performance this season, <laughs> has uh, has done anything to earn him uh, more than a hey, yeah, uh, go test the market and uh, holler back from the Broncos anyway, Daniel. Thank you, bud. He says, pretty obvious we need to rebuild the O-line. Then maybe, just maybe, Russ in the offense will be better. Yeah, that's a big component to this whole um, equation is the offensive line. But I still think that a lot of this stuff gets solved when you make the right head coaching hire. And that's why and, – and the ownership knows that too. That's why they're going to spare no expense. They're going to swing for the fences. They're going to get their guy. question now is who is it? Who do they have their heart set on that? And, you know, the question we had, Chad, was, is it a rust problem or is it a Hackett problem? And with Hackett being gone now, I think we're starting to find out our answer. Russ had two of his better games this year against Kansas City. So say what you want about a crappy season, lost season, a disaster. It all was that, but you still see. And it's something even uh, George Payton talked about or Greg Penner, the flashes, the promise that you still see in Russell Wilson. So you build a line in front of him, you upgrade a supporting cast here and there, and you have with the right coach. That's the biggest caveat here. As Chad said, the right coach you have, I think a competent starting quarterback, anything beyond that would be gravy at this point. Always wanting to get at least one Twitch comment slash question in each podcast thank you savage boy kev he says the lack of pressure today proves to me more on why the broncos should take bj ojalari if he's there at pick 26 or 27 and as you can see here this cat 63 250 at lsu he's got a lot uh is that sound right for his stock though scott you know better than me on where they're expecting him somewhere late round one so something to keep an eye on i wouldn't hate on it I mean, that's one of the premier positions uh, that you don't even really think twice about investing a premium pick on. And as you can see today, as you can see basically since Bradley Chubb was traded, the Broncos lack a consistent edge presence. And you, you get a guy like Ojolari or, or any formidable, young, talented edge rusher in the draft, team him up. You hope with, with Gregory, you hope that Benito – Zach continues to take steps forward as a pass rusher. Yet same to be said for Baron Browning, but I wouldn't hate that, although I'm still prioritizing more tackle. 
Yeah, or guard or center, whoever's on the board by that point. But I just can't bring myself to drafting another edge when you invested a premium pick in Nick Benito. Baron Browning looks like he can be something. Randy Gregory signed to a big deal, and he showed promise as well. I mean, you can definitely use another edge guy. Maybe you sign one, maybe you use a mid-round pick on one, whatever. But to pass up a starting right tackle, let's say, and keeping Russell Wilson behind a horrible offensive line getting hit getting sacked and going through the same exercise we went through this year would be to me pretty idiotic george good to see you brother he says happy new year's to all broncos fans and the entire staff at mhh this was a loss but at least we looked like a football team today denver bronx for life mhh for life appreciate you george uh he says uh and then jess actually jumping in love you dude consistent been with us a long time jess in the house saying just showing some love guys uh not a, I'm not sure what, what does that emoji mean? I suck at this, but he says not a PI on Sutton. And I agree, dude. That was ticky tack, ticky tack. Um, Taylor Christensen. Thank you, bro. Wilson is far from washed and done. MHH for life. Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't know that I would say far from washed. He, the depths of his regression this season has, has been enough for me to really worry that that's on the table. That's not me saying it's on the table, but it's been enough for me to go, man, has he been ruined? You know, R-U-I-N-T. Has he been ruined? Has he, is he washed? I still maintain hope, though, and relative optimism that the right head coach can come in and turn the ship around with Russ and at least salvage this initial, the initial term on the deal the Broncos gave him. I'm going to hold true to what I said. I don't think he's washed or as bad as he's looked this year. I, I just don't see a 10-year vet and a nine-time Pro Bowler falling off a cliff like he has this year. Um, but I don't think he'll ever go back to being prime elite Russell Wilson either. The Broncos are going to probably get something in the middle, but with a good coach, a good supporting cast, that middle could be good enough. Hi, Timothy. Thank you for the stars, my friend. Good to see you in the chat. Uh, Naj, thank you, brother. He says, Peyton has had a brutal year. That's talking George Payton. But I still believe Wilson will work out. To me, the moment Hackett said he didn't know what to do when he gave up play calling was the final red flag to let him go. George Payton must rally next year. Well, one of the things George Payton said, and I'll paraphrase, uh, or pardon me, Greg Penner said alongside George Penner uh, last week, <laughs> George Penner said alongside George Payton, gosh, I'm screwing this up. Greg Penner, I'm not having a stroke right now, I promise you. <laughs> Um, just, Hey, New Year's Eve, what are you going to do? One of the things Penner said though, to paraphrase him, Zach was, uh, that he, George knows what he has to do in the off season, what work must be done in this off season to help us turn the ship around. And that the Walton Penners are confident that he is the man to do just that. So we'll see. You know, Naj, I really hate that you're reminding me of that about Nathaniel Hackett that he said, I have no, I pretty much, I have no point here. I'm useless without play calling duties. And you're right. And we said that too. Chad and I were both pretty um, um, stuck into that stance that if you're going to remove play calling duties from him, you might as well just rip the bandaid off entirely and fire him. The Broncos ended up doing both things and uh, maybe a little too late, but it is what it is. Taylor, appreciate you again, bro. Says Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. High priority. See, I've, you know, the optimist in me, Zach, started pinning a few hopes on Sean Payton. But I've since kind of let that go because of the implausibility of, I mean, if you read the Schefter piece, it, he does a nice job this morning of delving back into NFL precedent of head coach trades. All right. We're talking first, multiple first, seconds, thirds, 
you know, could be anyway. The Saints can basically, they're in a position with how coveted he's going to be. They can kind of write their own check on this. And there was a part of me that thought, no, they want to do right by him. If he wants to land here and maybe the team doesn't have, no, 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 no. The Saints will exploit this. The Saints were kind of, quote, unquote, done wrong by Peyton. He did retire, kind of leave him hanging. Um, they're going to get their pound of flesh out of this situation, which you're going to go hire Sean Payton and then completely, you're already robbed of all those resources you gave up to get Russ. Then you're going to go give up what little you have left in the next two drafts and further hamstring that next head coach's ability to come in and actually save the day. Sean Payton, to me, these guys are rich enough. Who knows what kind of backdoor deals could be done as far as financial incentives and cash just being <laughs> dumped on New Orleans by the Walton Penners, but you know, never say never, but it's made me much more shiny on the Jim Harbaugh possibility, especially in light as, uh, of, as Scott was mentioning of what happened in the Michigan bowl game. As usual partner, you and I are sharing a brain on this, especially coaching. We always are really uh, seeing alike on certain things. Um, Sean Payton, that whole trope about him quitting on the Saints, I don't think that holds too much water. You can argue they didn't do right by him, putting him in cap hell and kind of deconstructing the roster and taking away uh, what made him or what made the franchise successful. That was the offense. It wasn't necessarily the defense. I know Drew Brees' retirement threw a wrench in the works, and being saddled with Jameis Winston is not ideal for any coach. It's, it's Sean Payton's right, Chad, to walk away. He wanted to retire and see what else is out there, but – Here's the thing, okay? We know the Broncos can offer a boatload of money, more so than any other team. We talk about the draft compensation that would have to go back to New Orleans. Pretty much, though, unless New Orleans is steadfast on a first and a second, which the Broncos don't have, who says the Broncos can't get him if they don't want him? They have a first and two-thirds. That should be enough, a first and a third, in a worst-case scenario, to make that deal happen. It comes down like... Jim Harbaugh or any other coaching candidate does to taking on the Russell Wilson experiment and all the other static going on with the franchise. You want to inherit the, you know, arguably the worst team in the NFL with an aging declining quarterback, or do you want to go to LA and coach Justin Herbert? That is the question that Sean Payton is facing. Um, let me just show you this real quick. This is what I'm talking about. And then we'll grab Patriot text. Hang tight. One, one last moment here, uh, big dog. And by the way, um, come on, work for me. There we go. I do not have a guitar buying problem, I promise you. Okay. When you guys see my <laughs> the the ads that get served to me, it's not because I have an addiction to buying guitars, I assure you. Um, Zach, here's what I wanted to bring up. Okay. Going back down memory lane and reminding everybody what the precedent is for head coach trades. Quote. Well, I'm going to read. I'm going to read a little bit here. The Saints have never publicly identified uh, what they would want in return for Peyton, but league sources know New Orleans has kept close tabs on what other franchises received for other top coaching candidates. The Raiders received two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and eight million in cash from the Bucks in exchange for John Gruden. The Jets received a first-rounder, a fourth-rounder, and a seventh-round pick from the Patriots in exchange for Bill Belichick along with a fifth and seventh rounder. And then the Patriots also received first, second, third, and fourth round picks, as well as 300,000 donated to charity from the Jets in exchange for Bill Parcells. So that's what makes me nervous in terms of what are these guys really going to be asking for Sean Payton? Because when that trade was made for John Gruden, Zach, he wasn't a Super Bowl winning head coach. When the trade was made for Bill Belichick, he was not a Super Bowl winning head coach. 
Sean Payton, on the other hand. So it makes me worry that it might not be worth Denver's trouble to go kicking down that road when you might be able to go out there and woo Jim Harbaugh with a fat compensation package to come save the day. Yeah, I want to put a disclaimer out there. I'm not really supporting the Broncos giving up multiple draft picks, including a first-rounder to acquire a head coach. I'm just saying if they wanted to, I still think they have the capital to make that deal happen. Scott brings up a fair point on Facebook for what it's worth. He says the other coaches were actively coaching, not retired, so you can't really call it a fair comparison. And I think that's a a fair statement. We'll see. Uh, Let me get rid of that. We'll see if that uh, ends up holding true. Time will tell. But, Zach, if it's not a swing for the fences guy like Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton, who do you like? Pick a retread, man. You know, it's Frank Reich or Dan Quinn or who else is out there. I mean, there's first-time assistants that intrigue me. D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. I know defensive guy, but I feel like he's going to be a good head coach. Uh, Shane Steichen with the Eagles, you know, making – making chicken salad with Gardner Minshew when Jalen Hurts went out. There is some intriguing candidates, but I don't know that the Broncos, despite what they say, that they're not being scared off by another first-timer, they have to go for experience. And I'm pretty sure I saw a report. It might have been the Schefter story that said the Broncos are prioritizing an experienced coach. So if it's not Peyton, if it's not Harbaugh, you better set your sights on plan B and C, and that could be Dan Quinn and Frank Reich. Patriot Techs. Appreciate your patience. He says the Broncos played better, but the results are still not there. If candidates ESPN listed are true, count me out. I want Harbaugh for a culture change. So those candidates, Josina Anderson a week ago, right on the heels of Hackett being fired, uh, as Zach just mentioned, D'Amico Ryans, uh, Steichen, uh, Eric Bienemy, the OC in Kansas City, uh, Dan Quinn. There's one other one I'm missing. There were five. Oh, I think it was Sean Payton. Anyway, that's the short list that Anderson reported in the immediate aftermath, like literally within hours of Hackett being fired. Patriot text again saying, sorry, guys, I can't take this loss on a positive note. We are on the verge of being swept by the entire division. Please tell me we're not seriously considering Eric Bieniemy over Jim Harbaugh. I would take Dan Quinn before Bieniemy. What do you think, Zach? Are you completely not a fan of bringing an Eric Bieniemy to save the day here? I just think if he was cut out to be a head coach, he would have been a head coach by now. Even Vic Fangio got his his shot after 20 years of being an assistant. There is something about the enemy that's scaring teams off, and the Broncos have talked to him. Was it twice now in head coaching cycles they've interviewed the enemy? And twice now, at least once, they've passed up on him, and other teams have as well. There's rumors that he doesn't interview well. There's rumors there's, uh speculation that we can further that he's a product of the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes success. I don't know that I would gamble on him if I want a first time coach and the Broncos probably after the, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was uh, an assistant under a proven head coach who called plays. I know the supposedly calls plays, but that's Andy Reid's show in Kansas city. I'll take a hard pass on the The main things I've heard. All right. Is he's a poor interview in other words he just doesn't blow anyone's socks off in the interviews and it's in fact quite the opposite he ends up leaving these interviews where he walked in with a positive uh perception of him from the guys interviewing him and he walks out the door with a negative perception of him so a poor interview and then also i've heard and i don't know how much truth there is to this okay that the skeletons that are in the enemy's closet going way back are significant enough that 
potential hiring teams might worry about PR blowback. Uh, and then once you make that hire and you get that PR blowback, you're kind of locked in. You're kind of stuck. You've just promised all these tens of millions of dollars to a head coach. And th that's just a rock. Some teams have been reluctant to turn over. Phil says if Harbaugh does get hired, do you think he would ask Jerry Rossberg to stay on as special teams coach? Maybe because John Harbaugh is Rossberg's best friend. He's quite uh, intimately connected with the Harbaugh family. It wouldn't surprise me, but that's if Jerry Rossberg right. wants to continue coaching that grind. And, you know, he's 67 years old. Keep that in mind. He went from retire to being like a special consultant advisor to being the interim head coach. And you're going to ask him now to come back and work under a very demanding head coach in Jim Harbaugh and be a special teams coordinator going on 69 years old, 68 years old. That's a lot for Rosberg. I think we should appreciate him while he's here, though. If he wants to be the special teams coordinator under anyone full time, I would not mind. They looked a lot better today, Chad, uh, than they did at any point under Dwayne Stukes. No doubt. And the team overall looked a lot better. But as Colby says, hey, we came up. We always come up short against the Chiefs. And let's not try and uh, put lipstick on a pig here. The Broncos had a, a really good shot to win this game. And that ugly, <clears throat> pardon me, the ugly interception from Russ after the, the Broncos had started getting some momentum and the Chiefs stole a little bit back, that ugly pick. Then, of course, that fourth and five where Glasgow lets Chris Jones just roam right up the A-gap. You know, you just can't make those mistakes in the clutch and uh, come out on top, unfortunately. Mac Dog down in Texas. What's up, Big Dog? He says, what coach would you hire from the list of coaches that are already rumored? So here's my, here, here's my priority. No, here's my wish list, and I'm not connecting it specifically, Zach, with plausibility. In other words, it does, just be, the order doesn't necessarily uh, correlate to the likelihood of it happening. So for me, Jim Harbaugh has supplanted Sean Payton as, as number one because of, I started thinking about what it would cost, not just paying Payton, but paying the freaking Saints to get him here. So for me, it goes Jim Harbaugh right now at the top. I'm still keeping Payton on the list because of his, uh, you know, he's a, he's a force of nature coaching guy, especially offensive minded. And just, again, the hashtag here is you're looking for extreme competence and knowing that the Broncos Zach are prioritizing experience um, Harbaugh Peyton two head coach experienced guys I know people don't love it but I'm going to throw in there Dan Quinn at three Frank Reich at four my fifth guy I'd have to maybe ruminate on it a little bit but that would be my top four guys in order I agree with you if you want to put them in order. Um, it's easier for me, though, to just say the guy from the list I don't want as opposed to the guy I do want, and that's Eric Bieniemy. If they were to hire a Dan Quinn, Frank Reich, if it was a retread in that direction, a plan B, it's not my first choice. I wouldn't be doing cartwheels, but I wouldn't be crying either. But obviously, Chad, I agree with you. Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, they're kind of interchangeable because they'll be monumental upgrades on Nathaniel Hackett, but that's my list as well. That's my order. Scott, you're uh, you're up there enough in age, like myself, to probably know this. But when Washington brought back Gibbs, he was already in the, their ring of fame, right? If I remember right, that that second one, I'm pretty sure he was. Mike Shanahan, who's who? Who wants to maybe see Mike Shanahan? 
Now I'm not floating that because I think it's plausible or that I, that I per se want it, but I've had a lot of people hit me up on my mentions, especially on Twitter, throwing out Mike Shanahan as kind of just like fan wish list stuff. I'm not sure that Mike wants to go back to, to coaching. Like he's a, a year or two out from hall of fame. Who knows what could happen? And, uh, I think he's probably content Zach to watch his son kind of live vicariously through what his son's doing in San Fran on a coaching level. Damien, thank you, bro. Our, uh, are guys still name dropping? We can't afford Sean Payton. Period. There are other coaches out there. Yeah, I'm. I'm I've come around to that outlook for the most part, Damian. Well, I've come around to that as a more mitigating factor in how much do you really want to pursue Payton as a as a guy. Um, but Jim Harbaugh still for me tops the list. And in the wake of what's happening with this with this, the Michigan exiting the college football season and the bowl game and whatnot, it gives me a little tiny like fire of hope that it could actually happen. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the premise here, Damian. I don't necessarily agree, though, that they can't afford him. It's should the Broncos go all out for Sean Payton, surrender multiple draft picks, you know, possibly, and pay him $10 million, $15 million a year? Should they do it? We can debate that. But could they do it? Absolutely. The Broncos have more liquid cash on hand than any other NFL franchise. And they do. Not saying they should, but they do have the draft capital to necessitate a trade with New Orleans as well, if they, again, so choose. Uh, JB on Twitch says, Russ choked up a little bit when he was asked about this social media support he received from teammates this week. Not sure why he is so unliked by national media. Zach, and thanks for bringing that up, JB. Appreciate you being with us. You opined um, that article comes out. Uh, we, co- we covered it. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Garrett Bowles going to bat for Russ. Then literally like right in that same pocket of timing, Mike Flory of Pro Football Talk goes in on Russ. And you had a nice, uh, a nice quip uh, in, re- in response to what Florio said, and you should say it here for those who might have missed the tweet, and especially for JB. Yeah, I mean, Mike Florio covered the same story we covered, but in, in true Florio fashion, he put his anti-Broncos, anti-Russell Wilson spin on it and said it feels a little more than coordinated or orchestrated that everyone was suddenly defending Russell Wilson publicly. And be that as it may or may not seem, I quote tweeted that and said back to Florio, the only thing that's coordinated is the media's bias against Russell Wilson. And it feels a little more than obsessive. And that's what it's gotten to this point, Chad. It's that derangement syndrome that a lot of people were afflicted with about Drew Locke last year. It's the same thing that's happening with Russell Wilson, but a hundred times over, I have never seen an athlete who keeps out of trouble is gen, you know, generally and genuinely a good person off the field, going to children's hospitals and a guy who loves football get raked through the coals like Russell Wilson has from the moment he's got to the Broncos, Uh, the losing and his play I know has contributed to it and he deserves some of the flack, but Every single angle you can take against him has been taken. And these articles, from what I see, have gotten pathetic, and I can't hold my tongue anymore. Not that I ever could, but it's getting critical mass for me now, Chad. The closest thing I could compare it to is when things started to go sideways for Tim Tebow as an NFL quarterback. So literally in the immediate aftermath of that ugly divisional round playoff exit at the Patriots, 
you know, one week removed from that miraculous win over the Steelers at home. Uh, and then he goes into the offseason. John Elway has to kind of be poked and prodded into saying Tim's our starter. He's earned the right to be our, our starter going into next season. And then, of course, Peyton Manning gets released. That all changes. He gets traded uh, to the to the New York Jets. And then just everything that happened from there on out, it was like the media, they turned on him in a big, bad way. Um, but it wasn't – it was different, man, because Tim Tebow, there was always that perception in the national media, all right, that he was whistling past the graveyard with every unlikely win he got as a starting quarterback. No one ever really expected him to go on to do great things as a quarterback in the league. It was basically like, oh, yeah, you know, water's wet, the sky's blue. Turns out Tim Tebow's not a lasting quarterback in the NFL. And so even though he faced some criticism, it was kind of like, yeah, to be expected. This is taken on a much more dark and outsized tone yeah. compared to that with Tim, just because Russ is such a pro- I mean, Hall of Fame career up until the moment he steps foot in Denver. And so they've really – I've never quite seen anything like it. The closest thing is Tebow, but even that, it's jumped the shark. My thing with Tebow is, is what I hate about the Russell Wilson, and someone used it in the comments. I can't find it, but bullying is the right word. Criticism is one thing, but it crosses the line. The same thing that happened with Tebow. You know, talk about how poor he played. Talk about how bad he was as a thrower, but people attended, uh, attacked him for his faith. People attacked him for his celibacy, Chad. People attacked him for his views that had nothing to do with football and had no bearing on anyone's lives. People attack Russell Wilson for um, a subway ad, and they attack his wife. They go after his family. It, it's, it crosses a major line and becomes personal, and that's what I've never seen before, um, the, these attacks from someone who doesn't deserve it. Even Deshaun Watson isn't getting attacked like Russell Wilson has. And if there's anyone that deserves it, arguably, it's Deshaun Watson. Well said. Um, Patriot Tech says we need a Dan Reeves-type coach, and Jim Harbaugh is the closest to that. Um, that You know, there's a lot of warts on Dan Reeves in terms of, uh, especially when you compare him to what came later from Mike Shanahan. Offensively, his... Um, controlling nature of that and because he was an extreme he, he was an ex, hashtag extreme competence coach dan reeves but uh he applied that same i am extremely competent thing to i can also take over the offense and meddle there when he shouldn't have and that's what ultimately ended up costing him in his relationship with elway and souring him with ownership and all that stuff whereas with jim harbaugh man he, hashtag extreme competence and he could actually uh, apply that to what's going on with the offense. So I would say even more so uh, Jim Harbaugh. So, but we're about out of time guys. Um, any last burning topics, get it in the chat. We're going to dip on out of here shortly. Um, but Zach, just the, the kind of last circling back here, how the Broncos come up short 27, 24, it's 15 now straight to the chiefs. How close are they? If you get the right coach and you get these horses back that are, uh, you know, living on IR right now. How close are they to beating Kansas City or being a playoff football team? Both. Both. I think uh, they go hand in glove. Yeah, that's true. I, we saw it this year. I mean, again, two losses to Kansas City uh, by a combined nine points. They are not as far away as a lot of, of the national media, like Mike Florio, would have you believe. And Russell Wilson played two of his better games against Kansas City, the best team he would have faced the entire season. Again, 
I'm not putting too much onus, too much stock into it. He has to play better for sure. The O-line's a problem, yada, yada, but you get the right head coach in place, the right play caller in place, and the Broncos, I'll probably get flamed for it this time next year, Chad, but they can win 9, 10 games. I still firmly believe that. Well, we'll see what moves are made in the offseason. We've got one more game to go before we officially uh, fall into offseason land. It's personally my favorite time on this calendar uh, in what we do for a living, Zach. I love the offseason, just the yeah. the rumors, the hope, the speculation, the analysis, just that whole thing to me is is what keeps me going. We're used um, to it by now, too. Oh, yeah. coaching searches. Yeah, dude, it's it's been crazy. But, guys um, – we're going to do our, our thing and, and get on out of here. Hang tight, though, because we got a few messages for you. Yeah, that was the gut reaction to the Broncos' latest loss to Kansas City. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us, uh, especially after New Year's. Hope, like Chad said at the uh, top end of the broadcast, hope you all had a great New Year's, great weekend. That was the MHH Podcast. So make sure you're following us on Twitter if you haven't already, at the MHH Pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of our merch, it's at huddleuppod.com. Be sure you check that out. And also facebook.com slash Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, please take a few seconds, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Guys, before uh, before I give specific shout-outs to Super Chat superstars and star supporters today, just got to thank you guys for a great year. All right, 2022 for, for MHH was phenomenal. It wasn't a great season for the Denver Broncos, but for us, because of you guys, you made it absolutely massive. It boggles the mind. 18 million individual unique readers on milehighhuddle.com. Thanks to each and every one of you. Not all of those people, Zach, obviously, that read the blogs every day are uh, listening to the podcast or participating in the live streams, but each and every one of you, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you do to support what we do here at MHH. Everything from liking a tweet, commenting in the chat, sending a super chat, sharing an article, um, it all adds up. So much love and respect. I just wanted to take a minute, thank everybody for allowing us to do what we do here. Okay. And wish you each and every one of you a happy new year. Yeah. Chad put that wonderfully. I want to echo that as well. And we see those numbers and we fail to comprehend what even those numbers are. It blows our mind each and every day. We realize how lucky we are, fortunate we are not just to be in this business, but to connect with the best fan base in the entire world. And that is Broncos country. We would not be here without you and you guys motivate us and inspire us every single day. So thank you so, so much. Have a great rest of your weekend, guys. We're back on tomorrow with the aftermath episode of the MHH podcast. Take care. And as always go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.